Welcome to the PRISM Daily Podcast. Our hope is by listening each day, you'll be encouraged to meditate on the promises of God and find peace in His presence. This fall, our pastor is reading through sections of his forthcoming book, The Narrow Trail, A Wanderer's Guide to Finding Jesus. This book was written in concert with this fall's PRISM teaching series about our church's values. You can listen to our Sunday messages on PRISM's webpage. Here's Pastor Chuck. Belonging, Belief, and Communication Theory Worldwide demonstrations for justice confirm that a new generation longs for a purpose that connects them to a community of people who also have purpose. A new generation of Christian believers is influenced by the notion that they are here on earth to glorify God by seeking justice and serving the needy. People want to belong, and political movements provide community for those with shared values. One can find great friends among others who also embrace their concern for the environment, social justice, or any number of issues. These causes serve as a catalyst for human beings to discover community. Yet what often goes overlooked is how values drive belonging. If I am not a proponent of gun control, it is unlikely that I would be received well by a group that was proposing restrictions on handguns. If I am a registered Democrat, I will be looked upon suspiciously by those with conservative political values. Add to this confusion a culture that pushes back on the idea of absolutes, and you'll find it very difficult to have a justifiable reason for telling anyone no. In a world gone mad, where words mean whatever the individual defines them to mean, someone who is pro-life, pro-military, pro-supply-side economics, and pro-everything Republican— could declare they identify as a Democrat and there would be nothing in our national philosophical zeitgeist that would enable anyone to logically say or do anything about it. Our instinct tells us that this is incorrect, that words mean things, but try telling that to someone who says they belong to a group because they simply want to be part of that group, even if all their beliefs, and often the facts, say otherwise. In the sociocultural tradition of communication studies, there is ample scholarship to demonstrate how powerful culture groups are in creating meaning, values, and practices through communication. One of the founders of this particular field of communication studies was anthropologist Del Himes. He held that for cultures to communicate and flourish, they would have to possess a common code communicators who know and use the code, a means of communicating, a setting for the communication to take place, a message form, a topic, and an event created by the transmission of the message. When I study this classic formulation of community and culture, I can't help thinking of how true this is in the church. Himes was not saying that the influence of cultures was a bad thing, but rather that this is how human beings manage to live together. This is congruent with the biblical notion that we were made to be in community and that to flourish as a member of a church, you need to be engaged with the people and the church ethos. It would be naive to think that you could divorce yourself from a culture that had a certain set of beliefs and codes and think you're not likely to adopt the dogmas of the next community you join. I've observed a trend in the North American church where people leave churches that have a clearly stated set of theologically orthodox beliefs 
doing so because that church isn't exhibiting certain characteristics that they accurately believe should be demonstrated. These believers join other churches that have little in common with what they've stated they believe. But the new place exhibits the missing characteristic of their previous congregation. Seemingly without fail, their new culture, with its own moral codes and language, changes this person's fundamental understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Discipleship According to Jesus Perhaps the most analyzed text about discipleship has been what is now referred to as the Great Commission. Subsequent to Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday, during an appearance to his disciples, he gave them this directive, quote, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Unquote. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Regarding the necessity for community in order to grow in your faithfulness to following Jesus, here are some reflections from Jesus' famous decree to the church. One, discipleship is about following the one who is ruling the world from his throne. Two, discipleship is carried out by mature Christians leading younger Christians. Three, discipleship involves learning obedience to what Jesus has commanded. And four, discipleship takes place continuously in the presence of Jesus. You've been listening to the PRISM Daily Podcast. If you'd like more information about PRISM Church, visit our website, prismchurch.com.